What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the program my very good friend, Kyle Miller, better known as Kyle Project Strength from the Project Strength in Houston, Texas. We give a recap on the Texas Strength Classic that took place this past weekend, the primetime session that was brought to you by Leflar Bros, our very good friends. And Kyle was there emceeing the meet. He had a firsthand look of a lot that was going on. During the meet, we talk about all the major storylines, including Sean Noriega's performance coming just short of that American record total that he was shooting for. We discuss also how this leads for him going into Raw Nationals, how him not getting that all, uh, that uh, American record total isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world for him. And we also discuss Ashton Roska's big 938 kg total in the 105 kg weight class, our favorite team phenom lifters in Aiden Raider and Alex Lucky Luciano Lucklow, we discuss their performances as well. We also get into some single ply lifters, Ian Bell in particular. He really impressed the both of us with his performance. Single ply definitely isn't dead, at least not to Ian Bell. And we discuss some other storylines that you guys might not have been aware of and what stuck out the most to us, some surprising performances. We didn't get to everyone. We apologize. There's a lot of great lifters this weekend, but we stuck pretty much to what we thought was important, uh, much of the two white lights fashion. And also, we discussed the live stream in general, what we liked about it, what they could work on, but it was a terrific live stream by Texas Strain Systems. They did an amazing job. The combo lack looked great. Everything looked amazing. Texas Strain Systems knocked it out apart with this one, so we discussed that and how this can lead to potentially more primetime sessions being open. But before we get into the recap, I got to talk to you guys about the people who sponsored the primetime session, Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, the Leflar Bros. family is growing, and they are giving back to the sport, i.e. they just sponsored a primetime session for one of the more anticipated USAPL meets of the year. Also, they continuously keep dropping merchandise for the powerlifter and designs for the strength athlete. All of their designs are fantastic. If you don't believe me, go and follow their Instagram and check out Everything they're releasing, I know they're coming up with some great ideas, but right now, their Greek design, the cotton candy design are my new favorites. Of course, you know, got to get my baseball tees going, got to get my dad hats going. And guess what? If you use promo code 2WL15, you will get 15% of all Leflar Bros merchandise. And on top of that, considering you're listening to Two White Lights, you got to be a fan, right? Go and get yourself some Two White Lights merchandise that's only going to be found on LeflarBros.com. So the original tee, the Fight Night tee, the dad hat... Two White Lights merchandise on LeflarBros.com. Make sure you use that promo code 2WL15, the best discount code in all of powerlifting. Also, go to Rivalist.net and make sure you are getting your informed choice supplements from Rivalist. That green label is important for all you drug-tested lifters. A lot of our listeners are drug-tested lifters, drug-free lifters. So you don't want to break a drug test. Use promo code ANGELO15 to get 15% off of your informed choice supplements. They got pre-workout. Branch and amino acids, protein powders, mass gainers, all of it informed choice. Also, make sure you are on lift.net. Lift.net has Stoic Gear. Stoic Gear is the only gear I use on the platform and in the gym. Knee sleeves, singlet, wrist wraps, I get it all from Stoic and I absolutely love their equipment. It is USAPL and IPF affiliated, so you will not get in trouble if you use Stoic. That you can use those in all USAPL meets and of course USPA, and all the other federations as well. Use promo code ANGELO10, and you can get 10% off of the green label, the black label, the original logo, the white label as well. Use promo code ANGELO10 to get 10% off of your order. Also, 
go and follow Notorious Lift on Instagram. Visit their website and check out the No Slip Grip Slippers. They are, they are a game changer to your deadlift. I use them on bench press as well. They are the best deadlift slipper in the game right now, and they look fantastic. The reason why you got to get on their Instagram page and their newsletter because they announced those drops, and you don't want to miss on drops. People always tell me how much how disappointed they are when they miss those drops because there's a design, there's a color that matches their gym attire, their platform attire perfectly, and they want that. They need that. And I agree, you should have that. So be on the shirt. To, be sure to sign up on the newsletter and follow them on Instagram to have the inside scoop on their drops. Also, follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Say nice things about Two White Lights. We love to hear it. We might be a pro-negativity podcast, but we love pro-positivity on the reviews. So make sure you are doing that. Without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. It is Monday, March 1st, and I am joined by a very good friend of mine. Steve Denovi is traveling back from Texas. He's a little bit busy this week. We just got done watching the Texas Strength Classic primetime session brought to you by Leflar Bros. And a, I couldn't think of a better guy to have on the program to recap the meet than a guy who I believe was emceeing the meet, correct? Yes, part of it. Well, two-thirds of it. All right, that's most of it. That's yeah. 67% of it, I think. Uh, my math isn't great on that, but I think it's 67%. I got with me Kyle Miller of Project Strength. How are you, dude? I'm doing good, man. It was a fun weekend, so anytime anytime I go to a meet, especially a big meet, well-run meet like this, I, I kind of run off of that high for, for a couple days afterwards, you know, the probably know the feeling so. oh yeah for sure and uh you know i had a great time watching the live stream we'll get to the live stream later uh and we'll get to you know me and joe stanick also doing the live commentary for it but it was definitely like heartbreaking for me that i couldn't go out there and watch it with you guys um i got really like in my feelings when i went live on two white lights i should have saved this video because it was so cool steve denovi joined me on the live and he showed me all the lifters that were there giving me shout-outs and all the, like, really quick Instagram live interviews that I conducted with, like, Noriega, L.S. McLean, uh, Michael C., Aiden Rader, Ashton Rouska. Ashton Rouska gave me a nice little peck dance there, so that was nice when he uh, when he joined. But, yeah, man, at that point, I was like, ah, I really want to be there. But I still got to watch the meet, still was extremely entertained with the entire meet. The primetime session was awesome. And our recap show is going to be centered around the primetime. Quick disclaimer, there was no females competing, so we're not neglecting them. But I think we got to lead with the top story here. And in my opinion, the top story, the lead was Sean Noriega. Sean Noriega, this meet, Steve Denovi coaches him. He gave a little insight on that. The goal for him was to go 9 for 9 
and to break that American record, unofficial world record total set by Russ Orhe at 8.33. So if everything went right, I believe 8.35 would have been the total for Noriega. And I think that has to be the lead because that would have been huge if he could do that. One of the best lifters in the uh, the IPF and USAPL, probably next to Ashton Rouska and Taylor Atwood. And the king of the 83 kg division and probably the most popular recognizable face in powerlifting. And if Nori could have take, took in that all-time record total or that American record total, that would have put him in this great position to beat him at Raw Nationals. Oh, yeah. And what, what we were talking about before the show, right, was I think he did exactly what they set out to do outside of the nine for nine. Mm-hmm. But that that third bench, some people are kind of in Sean's corner. I know that's one of the takes that got talked about on a two white light story on Instagram. Um, but again, kind of my perspective being there, I had a really good angle for, um, I was essentially over at the scores table. Um, so I had a really good angle for all of these lifts mm-hmm. and I completely agree with what's been put out by people actually there or Steve and Sean themselves of there was some hovering right on the first. There was even to, from what I could remember, there was hovering on the third. It's like he, he probably thought that he was touching already, wasn't getting the command. And then that hover sank a little bit to the touch. He, he still showed like great control on the chest, even immediately off the chest. But then it looked like he kind of clipped one of the uh, the J hooks on the way up. Yeah. So he, he was a, he was essentially finishing under the J hook on the left hand side. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the right hand side went out, um, kind of further took down towards his feet. So uh, after the initial press, it, it kind of saw that he he wasn't going to get it. But I mean, for for him to finish out, he finished out with eight twenty five. So, and off, and that was a eight and a half jump, two ten to two eighteen and a half on his uh, bench. So, yeah, that would have given him the the record yeah. and put that pressure on on Russ. But I think again, they did enough eight twenty five to eight thirty three. I think the pressure's on. Um, yeah. All we have seen from Russ was that mock meet. So. We'll, we'll have to see what happens at Nats now. Yeah, and you brought us up. We'll talk a little bit more about the bench in a bit here, but you brought up an excellent point at the beginning there where people are, I think, calling this maybe an underwhelming performance from Sean, and I agree with you. It was exactly what they want to do minus the number, the total, because yeah. squats went great. Uh, they looked a little shaky. I thought he was going to maybe attempt something a little bit bigger, uh, based on how his prep went, because his squats looked like, I mean, actually all three of his lifts looked like money throughout prep, and it's just going to come down to executing for him. But I think his third squat was a little bit more shaky than he would have liked, uh, because I think, what was it, 285 was his third attempt? Yeah. Yeah, so 285. Which was also the same attempt from his last meet. Yeah, so 285 was his uh, third attempt there, and I, I think... Him and Steve would like that to move a little bit smoothly, but it looked like still he had more left in the tank on that. But no need to empty the no need to empty the tank at this meet. Uh, there was no real need to. Right. And then when you get to bench, this is where someone gave me this really good comparison. Where if someone doesn't hit all their lifts, you kind of get thrown into this weird Jamal Browner category, 
where if Jamal Browner doesn't hit a deadlift, people are disappointed, and they just completely neglect an amazing performance from that person. And people just naturally assume that every single meet is going to be RP10, you're maxing out everything, you're leaving everything out on the platform, and this is not the case. And in this one, they were very clear. Get that American record total with something left in the tank so he can build some momentum to Raw Nationals. And even with his bench mishap, he has done that. In my opinion, he has definitely done that. And the heat is now on Russ because of what you said. He has not competed in a very long time. He just has that mock meet, and that wasn't really a true mock meet in my mind. Didn't cut. Really no need to cut. I wouldn't have cut if I was him either and risk an injury. But didn't cut. Things were into comp standards. Joey Flex was on the show and just flat out told me that that deadlift would not have flown in any USAPL meet, local, national, or IPF worlds. So you you have that there. And then when you factor in the weight cut, you're going to look at a little bit of a hit on squat and bench as well. So the heat is definitely on. And to that bench press, so say if he hits that third, which we'll talk about the hovering in a second. Say if he hits that third, which he was very, very close to doing. Just a few, you know, technical cues or that uh, the J-hook incident doesn't happen. We're, we're talking about Sean in a different sense here. We're talking about Sean like, oh my God, he's got 835. The heat is on. It looks like he is definitely as close to ever as beating Russ. If not, this is his best opportunity in his whole career. Um, so that's, I guess that's where the difference between one lift comes with a person like Noriega. Oh, and I, I think that's a great point. And then hitting on something you'd said as well, it's like a lot of people don't understand when they, when they evaluate Jamal missing a deadlift and that's what they fixate on or Sean missing a bench. And that's what they fixate on. That's the only thing he missed. Mm-hmm. Like, can we appreciate that he went eight for nine, put together a great meet. And then had he done that against Russ, that's the battle that we're looking for. Yeah. And that that's why prime time at a national meet is so fun to watch is because every lift counts mm-hmm. every lift. If you miss a lift, you've got some serious people that have worked their ass off for years to take that shot at you. Um, so it, it's one of those things where even if you're on the bubble, somebody has a bad meet, you can quickly overtake. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and that's what also makes it hard on putting together such you have to be consistent on putting together a great meet to stay at the top. Yeah. So I, I, I think Steve to do. Um, so again, I, I'm pretty excited to see what, what happens with nationals. Um, yeah. I, I, it, it's interesting that Russ is, I guess he can try to argue and say that the mock meet was kind of like a tune up, but I, you can't like again it's not to standard i think it's more impressive that sean didn't do this at a local meet he flew down to texas different climate Mm -hmm. different like first time i'm pretty sure well no i I, i've seen him actually before um at tss specifically so like two years back so but probably his first meet actually competing there himself um he that that's more of a mock national meet Right yeah. with the the travel, all those different implications. There's so many different variables that you don't have control over. Additional stress from traveling. So for him to put that together, not in his gym with people that aren't 
national level judges. There are three national level judges in the seat at all times during Pride Con. So, like, kudos to West for doing that. Great beat. We can talk about the meet itself later. But Sean, nobody can take away, or they shouldn't take away from what Sean did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you on that one. And, you know, and also when you, you, you brought up that point where no one really acknowledges the other great things that he did that day, um, those deadlifts, because I, I failed to mention that earlier, those deadlifts looked fantastic. He looked brilliant yeah. from that first attempt to his third attempt, and I definitely thought he had way more in the tank on his third attempt. I thought 335, 337 was definitely within the realm of possibility where he gets it easy. I do yeah. think a, a I do think a bigger jump from his second attempt to the third, where he was potentially going to chip my American record on the deadlift, uh, might have been a little bit too much for me. Me and Joe were doing the commentary, and we were both kind of unsure on whether or not he would go for it or whether or not he would execute that lift. And then if you do that, miss it, then you're looking at a further. You know, maybe maybe the meat doesn't exactly plan out the way you want you have a much you have a far less total of what you can't hit but you just know when you see him pull 727 you know at raw nationals 341 or 340 is going to be a real real possibility and that's what it could come down to is the deadlift and yeah you know russ at his mock meet pulled 744 kinda kind of pulled 744 he got it up he just couldn't really hold on to it it was very clear that the grip slipped on him but when you factor in the weight cut when you factor in all things considered i don't know i, I really I, I think it could be just a real battle to the end there um with the uh with uh him and russ but before we get into that because i think that'll be a really good conversation piece his bench press now we've been getting a whole lot on Two white lights, just based on the hot takes, and a lot. Of, I've been getting a lot of DMs for this. People are really making the people are really making the claim that he got fucked on the deadlift press command. Uh, people are saying they were they were either too slow uh, and uh, they weren't really seeing the touch. So from Steve and Sean, this is confirmed, guys. I'm not just assuming this. And me and Joe saw this on the live stream when we were doing the commentary. There was definitely a hovering for the first one. There was a definite hover there, and it seemed to be longer, but it, it, he was hovering over his chest, and he was having issues with the touch. Second one looked like a soft touch, and it looked like the judge wanted to see a little bit more of a sink there. So it seemed like the second one was longer than the first, and uh, I, I think Sean and Steve confirmed that you know they were trying to do a soft touch, and they they didn't. The judges really didn't see that. The third one, from Noriega and Steve's point of view, Nori said it moved great off his chest. He said it felt great, and I think he like he really didn't even notice that he was hitting the, the J-hook or the J-cup there on the very last point. Um, because if you look at the video, that was not a long press command at all. It was a very fair one. You could see it kind of got off his chest relatively quickly, and I thought he was definitely going to smoke it, but... From my angle, I couldn't see it getting stuck, and me and Joe were both kind of confused on, you know, what where the execution was on that. Uh, the, I think we were questioning a little bit of the attempt selection, but I think an eight and a half kilo jump for a person who benches well over four hundred is completely appropriate. 
Um, I think that's actually a solid attempt selection there. But, yeah, I thought it moved right off his chest, and he just had a little bit of a mishap there. Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly what I saw. And, again, I, I had the angle from it. I saw the that entire day. So not just prime time, but the two sessions before it, um, even the sessions after it and the following day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there was pretty consistent judging across the board. Uh, I know the judge that was in the seat at that time, so Scott Dobbins was calling that press command. Um, he's pretty fair. I mean, he holds a standard, which is great. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying he's an easy judge by any means, mm-hmm. but that's that's what you want when you have this caliber of lifter and yeah. this type of like roster within prime time or honestly with any any meet, you know. Yeah. So um yeah, I I I I think it's probably just people kind of being in Sean's corner, you know, mm-hmm. and uh kind of judging what they can see from their angle. They can't really see the hover. Um but yeah. I, I definitely agree with the way that that's been called both in person and then by y'all on the commentary. Yeah. And I, I think uh, just based on what I've seen and really on the live stream, we kind of saw that too, that the press commands did seem a little long for a lot of the other lifters. Um, they did seem, it, it seemed like that was a standard that day was being um, a little bit longer than I think a lot of people expected. So I think you, when you combine those two things where you see, Sean maybe struggle with the press and then you see everyone else that kind of dictates your assumption on how the press command is for that day and really look re-looking at Sean's third bench I just didn't think it was a long press command but it always seems to be just one thing though with Sean and because last meet I mean his last meet was phenomenal like the dude's been active the dude is really really on Russ's heels and he's making no mistake to anyone, he is gunning for Russ. I think, uh, like, just an extreme competitive edge that we're seeing from Noriega because he did a meet. I forgot when that was. It was in 2020. Um, man, when was that? Was that? that? Is a, uh, you're talking about the New Hampshire meet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I actually forgot what state it was in, but it was. It was. It was. I, I want to say before October. It could have been in the summer. But whenever that meet was, he told A25 and absolutely killed it. And that raised a lot of eyebrows. Like, this is a phenomenal total that he just put together. And now this one, I really thought he definitely could have executed that 835 total with some left in the tank. And since then, he's got two meets under his belt. Seems to be some progression there. Seems the client relationship between him and Steve seemed to be extremely strong. And what we've seen from Russ is just one mock meet. That was at his gym and with you know without a weight cut in the middle there. So I, I don't know. That the, the 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 whole the whole matchup between them becomes very interesting. Like if Sean had a five for nine day, then I would have been like, ooh, I don't know if he could really build that momentum to beat Russ. But he had an eight for nine day and Russ, we're gonna see what happens with Nationals because what could happen is this. It's going to come down to whoever makes the first mistake or whoever makes the mistake that they're kind of known for making. Russ's squat depth is an issue. He had an issue at 2019 Raw Nationals. If his squat depth problems continue to linger into 2020 or 2021 Raw Nationals, Sean could really overtake him. But then vice versa, on the bench, 
if Sean doesn't execute what he needs to do on the bench, then maybe Russ can overtake him on that, and you have a different competition there. I mean, it's just going to come to, like, I think both of the guys are going to have to be near perfect up until those deadlifts, and really on the deadlifts, with the way Sean's progressing, I... I I see his progression being a really key factor here because Russ looks like he could pull, you know, 744, 750 in the gym, but we've seen a 2019 Raw Nationals, you know, sometimes it, it takes a little bit of a dip there at the end. Yeah, yeah. Now, what what I really like and what we've been hitting on is uh, kind of like you're, you're learning to shoot. You go to the shooting range, you're, you're trying to group bullets on the target. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what Sean's been doing while Russ has been doing goes out. I'm done the, the powerlifting because of COVID and everything. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to do bodybuilding. Oh, now I'm back. Partially YouTube clickbait, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's that thing where like now on record and with video evidence of everything, we, we have Sean with eight twenty fives. And so to, to your early question, it was, uh, it was July, um, yeah, his last meet, right. July, 2020, um, 25 with missing the squat opener. Yeah. Um, but they, it's cool. If you can go eight for nine twice, totally eight twenty five. that's pretty reliable, right. Mm-hmm. Versus Russ, the issues you talked about with squat depth, which he, most likely will struggle with again. Um, not trying to take a, a diss there, but just stating it as it is. Like, cool, with the amount of weight he's moving, training a little bit heavier, can he replicate that? Or is he going to cut it and keep it a little bit shallow? Um, but, yeah, I think the keeping context back to this this weekend, deadlift was what I liked with Sean the most. Obviously, people keep an eye on him for that specifically as well, not just his bench, but um, he had plenty left. Mm-hmm. And for them to only take plus five, so comparing this meet with his meet um, in New Hampshire, the uh, July meet, 2020, they essentially just added five to every single attempt. So 295 instead of 290, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and for him to have so much in the tank after that, like the speed watching it live was great. Yeah. So that makes me wonder where does 330, if it's hit, where does 330 end up in his attempt selection for nationals? Yeah. Right. Or, or what is, what is 320 end up being? Does like, so what, what is the second attempt end up being to set up the question of the third? And that's why I loved their strategy that they talked about uh, on the other episode so much of like, cool, we're looking for a great meet, a nine for nine or as close as possible. And we're going to leave plenty of room for a question debate for that added pressure. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what deadlift did for sure. Beyond like squat, like you talked about a little shaky there, um, not his strongest lift um, bench. It, it's Sean. Cool. But deadlift really put that question of like what what can he put up and pull mm-hmm. for the win potentially? Yeah, because you know his you know his deadlift or his uh, bench is going to be just a, a fat number no matter what really. Yeah, um, and he's no, going to be and he's going like. to be very yeah, and he's going to be very he's going to be very smart about how he takes that bench. Um, I will say because I think I failed to maybe 
maybe it was unfair to mention that Sean occasionally with his execution on squat, um, he could have the same issues with Russ as far as depth goes and execu- execution goes. So that's going to be interesting in of itself. Um, and then really uh, like something that is thought like, what, what is what is Russ' attempts going to be? You know, is the goal going to be seven hundred that day, seven hundred plus? Because you know Jamar is going to be trying to go seven hundred plus and see what he can do with that number. And it's going to be interesting to see what his attempt selection is if he's going to really try to you know uh, get the lead out really early against Noriega, maybe dictate his other attempts a little bit. But this is where it's going to be very exciting. And I I really for me um, and. Uh, for for Steve, uh, they believe 340-plus definitely is going to win you Raw Nationals. They think probably in the three, 340, 345, possibly even close to that 350 range is going to win you Raw Nationals. And looks like both of them will definitely have to be 9 for 9 that day. And selfishly speaking, Steve bought this up for me. I really would love to see a deadlift showdown where possibly third attempts could be chipping and chipping records between the two guys, because I think they're definitely going to be gunning for 340. I don't think there's any yeah. question that they wouldn't do that uh, based on both of their deadlift progression goes. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. And I think this meet still, um, it still was a great meet for Sean to get, get that, get that momentum building for raw nationals. And I'm, uh, I'm definitely excited. I don't think I would have been this excited if he, maybe didn't execute on a lot of his lifts, but he definitely did. And like you said, I think that's under, it's underappreciated. He went to Texas. He went to go compete with, you know, some top dogs, national, national level judges. And I know TSS, the guys down there, they, they don't let you get away with much. Let's put it that. They don't let you get away with the, they don't get, let you get away with the high squat or soft, uh, soft lockout on deadlift. They will be on you on that. So, and also, Taking into consideration, that weight cut looked to be fantastic. That gut cut, the Steve Denovi patent gut cut, apparently. That's what people have been saying yeah. on my live stream or uh, when I went on Instagram Live. The gut cut is key. And it looked to be really good for Sean. It looked to not really affect him. He was posting. He was eating some haagen ice cream. Um, yeah. You know, uh, a few days out, he was eating a couple pints a day. The, the old, old Fortino power strategy, eating a pint of ice cream at night just to make sure your <laughs> calories are are stabilized. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, how is, how is Sean, uh, Russ has been a very long time since he's made a substantial weight cut. So if yeah. you, if you, if you guys weren't excited for June, uh, hopefully this meet made you a little bit more excited, especially with the 83s. They're starting to creep up to be actually the, the headliner again. The 74s got their shine last year. 105s creeped under there for no reason uh, at all. Just mainly because King of Lifts didn't feel like covering them. And, I think the 105s and the 83s are now the uh, the top stories. 105 still number one. Yeah. I am I am a 105 stand. The 105 top story. 83 two 74 three. So then uh, 105. Who do you who we want to talk about from this weekend? Ooh, we is got Ashton. Is that a segue? Yeah, oh, there we go. Very good, very good, Kyle. You are you are on this podcasting game very early. This is your podcasting I'm, debut, correct? I'm with it. Uh, <laughs> With, with you, yes. Okay. Uh, I've done some other like local non-power lifting. No, no. This is this is your first one. You gotta you gotta build yourself up. No, this is your first podcast. And oh, yeah. You got it down already. You're you're a rookie and yeah, you're still exactly. making and you're making veteran moves. That's fantastic. But yes, Ashton Rousko. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> Ashton Rousko, one hundred and five 
uh, kilo lifter totaling 938. Um, so this meet, in all honesty, I'm going to be completely clear. I didn't know what Ashton's strategy was going into the meet. Um, Ashton, I just know he loves doing this meet. He loves doing the Texas Strength Classic. He does it uh, every February, it seems like, or at least since I've been since I've been following Ash, it seems like this is a meet that he loves to do. It's in his home state. And I think the strategy for most Ash and Roscoe meets is to put up some fat numbers and uh, impress the entire crowd because no, really no matter what. So let's take into consideration here. Um, this is this is less than his previous meet. I believe his previous meet, I could be wrong here, was 950. You are right, 950.5. So 950 and a half. This one was 938. But this is what I'm looking yep. at here. I I would I would probably I would probably not be taking much of a hot take here and saying that Ashton Rouska didn't this is not to his standard, uh, a nine thirty eight total. But with that mock meet that Bryce Lewis just did, Bryce Lewis did nine thirty seven. And this is not Ashton's I'll, I'll have to judge you on that, yeah. Yeah, it's like this is not Ashton's best meet. And he's still Looking like he could total 938 with some misattempts or some misattempts and not necessarily going nine for nine. So I think in the landscape of the 105s, last year, I know he finished third. I know Mikey Davis and Bryce Lewis had him bested. Right now, I will be stunned if that happens again. I will be very, very, very surprised. If Ashton Roska doesn't come up on top of 105s, because I think right now he's figured out how to execute his his uh, lifts in meets. Yeah, no, I agree. Last three meets have been great for him, um, and yeah, I so I think uh, I said it as well. And again, being there in person, seeing the crowd, and just being from Texas myself, and spending some time and having done some work with the TSS, like known Ashton he had the crowd behind him mm-hmm. that his name is hung multiple banners in that gym so he he's looking out at the crowd if he looks up at the right banner his name's right there from collegiates so he competed UTSA um obviously a great both equipped and raw team collegiates um so that was home court he had family out in the crowd um it like you said, home state, all that. So home home court advantage, right? I, I think he had every reason to, to produce. Waved his finch. It, it looked like he had reached back uh, after his uh, second attempt there, mm-hmm. uh, 202.5. Uh, to, like, uh, he had dealt with a pec strain, or maybe it was a tear. I don't, I forget the degree of it, Uh like last year, um, yeah, but, uh, I know, I know. It's been it's it's been a chronic thing for me. I believe. I think me and Joe were yeah. talking about that on the commentary that um, occasionally that shoulder can be a chronic issue for him. Yeah, so it, it looked like he'd reached back to his uh, his left side there, and then it was just a, a waved third. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm assuming that's what happened. I I'm I'm meeting up with him later on. Um, some people, but. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll get some more info, at least for my own uh, sake. But uh, 
uh, I hadn't got a chance to talk to him. I talked to him the, the day following at the meet. He came out to support some people and all that. And uh, he just mentioned he was a little beat, um, which you would expect with throwing around the amount of weight that he does. Um, but to me, that's just testament that he actually, he did go all out um, yeah. versus the, the Virginia meets, at least the first Virginia meet. It was more of like, hey, let's just go out there for a quick SPD and have some fun with it like that first test. I think this was what they were really gunning for again, because he does like, this is essentially his backyard, right? It more or less his hometown. And, um, I, I think this was their original plan the, all along, but it, the, the deadlift, that's where it was. It seemed like he was a little gassed there and just didn't have the, the strength for it on that day. So maybe they'll retool the, the deadlift. Obviously Marcellus is a great coach. So mm-hmm. I'm excited with, to see what they'll put together after this as well. Yeah, yeah. We're looking at his, uh, I mean, his numbers now. And I always, when I, whenever I look tune into lifting cast, it is still uh, incredible to look at his body weight at just getting right under 100 kilos. He is 99.9. So he is a small, small 105 lifter. Um, and if you guys have ever seen Ashton, yeah, he's not that big in person, but, uh, <laughs> he's a, he's, he's a small 105 lifter and, you know, looking at his numbers, 363, uh, squat, unbelievable. I think his best lift of the day by far. And yeah, I saw the same things as you, uh, just based on what I saw on the live stream, his bench press. When we saw that second attempt, me and Joe were thinking, like, uh, it looks like just based on how that moved, if he does take a third, it's going to be probably rather conservative because it, it just didn't seem to move um, either to Marcellus's or Ash's liking. And I know they communicate probably very well with each other. That uh, yeah. And I, I would assume that it was Ashton's call. That's, again, total assumption. Could have been Marcellus's call, but I'm going to assume it was Ashton's call um, not to, just to not to take that third for potentially gassing himself on deadlift and the uh, deadlift deadlift watching him deadlift is because he opens up super light. And it's funny that we're saying this because it was uh 332 kilos, but that's very, very light for him. And it moves very light. It's like the greatest opener you're ever going to see in your life. Yeah. It's perfectly executed. It's who says openers are boring. When you watch Ashton Ross compete, that is, it's it's a it's a work of art watching him pull that amount of weight and then taking a massive jump to 372 and really I was surprised he he didn't hit 390. Um, 372 looked to move very well. It's still quite the big jump, but still um, I I thought uh, Ashton was going to execute that. It looked to get about midway through, um, and it didn't look to, I guess off the floor. It didn't look as smooth as his first two attempts, and I was like, eh. Let's see if he can grind it out, and it really didn't happen for him. But uh, 9.38 total puts on a show, and I think still that puts him in great position to to uh, to win the the 105s at Raw Nationals. I think he's going to if I'm if I'm if uh, if I was a betting man, which I totally am, if, but if I was a betting man on USA uh, powerlifting, um, I would I would definitely be slamming. Slam and Ash to be the favorite to to win the 105s. That that would be interesting if we did get some uh, USAPL betting going on. Yeah, you know? I would I would say we're such an, in the infant stages and we have so many trolls in USAPL. We would have way too much match fixing scandals going on oh, for sure. We would have so yeah. many guys throwing meats because I mean 
you don't get money for winning, might as well make money for losing, right? So, <laughs> well, I didn't get the sponsorship, so I guess I'm just gonna throw this meat. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, let's get let's get some organized crime involved in USA USA powerlifting. That'll go over well. But um, some some might even say more organized crime. <laughs> easy, easy. We're trying to we're trying to get into raw nationals still. That the registration's right now. So hopefully by the time this episode drops, I am in raw nationals but uh yeah so 938 total i think he is well on his way at winning 105 redeeming himself um potentially competing at worlds i really don't know what the future lies after raw nationals i guess we're looking way too far ahead but i still think because ashton constantly looks for competition to ways to motivate himself if it looks like he's going to win the 105s with ease he is just going to find ways to increase his best overall good lift point lead on Taylor Atwood and really just really just find ways to be the best overall USAPL IPF lifter because right now he is that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you, you talked about that on the last talk, the last episode, I think it was, and I, I agreed with that when you said that and just in talking with Ash both directly and um, in, in the old chat I was in. Um, that's completely his mindset. It's like, I don't even care what federation you're in. I want to be the best. Yeah. So he, he's got to push that number up there. Yeah. Whatever coefficient he's got to push, he's going to push it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, very excited, of course, to see him at Raw Nationals. That is going to be a lot of these guys next meets. Now for people who might not be competing at Raw Nationals in June, we got the teen lifters, the teen phenoms that we talked about so much. And, Actually, I guess I'm going to plead ignorance here. I don't know how Alex Sidor did because he's competing as we're doing this uh, interview um, or this recap. But the two guys that were spotlighted on the primetime session was Aiden Raider and Alex Alexander Luc- Lucco, better known as Lucky Luciano Lucco. Aiden Raider, I was I, I hyped him up a lot on the previous show and. It seemed to me like he went through some sort of injury uh, going into his deadlifts. He was having a very good meet up until that point. Um, um, chipped his American record, his own American record on his squat, and yeah. let me pull up the number. It was once. It was two seventy one, correct? Uh, let me see here. Yeah, I believe it was two seventy one chipping his own because I witnessed him break the yeah. uh, American record and. You know, I, and I was actually really happy to see that because I saw Aiden's squat progression in the gym, and it looked like towards that last three weeks there, he was slowing down a little bit. It seemed like the, the prep was getting to him. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie, I was unsure if he was going to hit that third attempt squat, and it was definitely an RP10. He left it all on the uh, on platform there. And I'm, again, not going to speculate anything. Um, I've heard some things to the extent of what he was feeling. But that could have definitely dictated what happened next. Uh, two for two going into bench press. He hit, I believe it was 147 on his second attempt. Um, yeah, 147 on yeah. second attempt. And I kind of figured he was going to scratch his third. Me and Joe figured, I mean, Joe was questioning if he was just going to take a two and a half kilo jump. Based on what I saw, I'm like, that looked like it was about all he can do. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was, again, definitely an RP10. Didn't take his second attempt. And um, and then you, you get to deadlifts. He was planning on opening with 300 kilos. And when he timed out his first attempt, 
I knew that something was wrong because I, I know yeah. for a fact that Aiden just wasn't going to miss his first attempt on timing out. So from my understanding, uh, some injuries and also just being gassed um, from my understanding, just with talking to him, I try to keep it silent too. Cause I don't want to, you know, say anything that people told me in privacy out on two white lights, but it's kind of public now that he was, you know, not just not feeling well within the last week and a half going into the meet. So that looked to, uh, rear its ugly head on him, and it was unfortunate because I think everyone who listens to Two White Lights and knows me, Aiden is my favorite young lifter in the sport right now. I'm a huge Aiden Raider fan. Might be a little bit of Illinois bias there, possibly because I see him, possibly because he's you know just such a nice guy. Also, I just see all the potential there, and you know it's a minor setback, but I think Aiden is going to be back, and I think the prep next time with a little bit of time off for junior collegiate nationals is going to be really good for him. I, I think this meet or his performance, if it was somebody else, some Aiden that we know, mm-hmm. um, I think it would have affected him mentally more, but seeing him after the meet and then seeing him, uh, the day after. So immediately after the meet and then the day after the meet, it was just normal Aiden to me. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't in his head. He wasn't like sad, depressed, whatever else you would want to say with this, like essentially flying to Texas and not having a, a meet, having a squat, well, having your own chipping your own and having your chipped record taken away essentially because of the deadlifts. Um, yeah. I, it, but it, it's testament to, he has so much more left for him so much more time because he's so young and like, Big, big picture, high level, it's this meet doesn't mean that much um, compared to nationals, right? Or compared to an Arnold or anything else like that. So he's got plenty of time, promising future for sure. And, and yeah, specifically to kind of progression of his bench deads. Um, I, so I was calling, uh, I was emceeing the bench and deads. Um, Ryan was doing the uh, the squat and uh, so when I when I saw him time out on bench that was kind of like all right cool maybe it's just a, a courtesy um, he only went up by two and a half so that and seeing his second bench it, it makes sense but then when he timed out on his deadlift opener because um, that's also what I was most excited to see and what some other people were talking about as well it's like cool Aiden's opening up five kilos over Sean yeah like obviously we know that Sean's going to make some serious jumps. So what it's going to question, all right, he might be opening it above, but then what are the jumps to follow? Um, but to me, that was one thing I was looking forward to the most with this meet. Honestly, I'd even text it to like one of our listeners, Evan and um, a couple other people. And uh, so for me to not see that was kind of bumming, especially because I know Aiden, I like Aiden. Um, but yeah, uh, he he did tell me some stuff on, I guess, a, a private level as well, where I was kind of questioning, and I'll just follow your lead on not airing it out here. <laughs> but the fact that his uh, his girlfriend in the the live stream chat, she kind of just said, "Hey, he was he hasn't been feeling all that great recently, like non COVID related, obviously." Um, to me, that that speaks enough. Yeah. And d- despite the the performance he'll bounce back and he can produce. I, I've been following him since like early 2019. 
So I was following his prep into Raw Nats. I like I I remember even like recording. I had one of our lifters. Um, it, I wasn't coaching Wally. It was one of Wally's lifters, um, Jiho, who's actually a Illinois. Yeah, um, I know lifter as well. Big squat. So yeah, he was he was coaching Jiho that day, and Aiden was on the same platform. So I was out in the front, and I like recorded some of Aiden's lifts and talked to him a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I so this was cool because then. It was both like Aiden and Lucky kind of just being buddy-buddy. Um, I was giving them both a hard time after um, on a Sunday that it, it was kind of just like a giant sleepover for them. Yeah. Of they're, they're, they're like friends through Instagram, probably through lifting. Oh, yeah. But they, they both fly down to Texas for this meet, compete. And then Lucky did not sleep. Like, it was like Saturday night, Lucky did not sleep. Like I, I pulled up and I, I talked to Wes a little bit in the front. And then um, he's like, yeah, man, uh, some of those team lifters are over there in the warm-up room just lifting. And I was like, what the hell? Like they competed last night, like a couple hours ago. And he's like, yeah, they didn't sleep. Like I think they've been here the whole time. They might have left. <laughs> so I, I go over there to warm-ups because I've got some lifters in the morning session. And uh, – like they had just finished lifting and that was like the first thing they told me. They were like, yeah, man, like, uh, I think lucky said he hit like something stupid, like a, a four by eight, like Larson. Yeah. Or yeah. I saw like that. that. Like, like it, it wasn't even just like, they were just like yellowing lifts, you know, like it was like they actually did a session. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that does not I, surprise I me. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. And yeah. yeah, like, uh, yeah, like you said with Aiden, I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, and you know, the, 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 people were, you know, making the, uh, the, the claims there and the assumptions that Aiden could p- potentially outpull Noriega. And that would have been awesome because I was, um, I thought I, yeah. I'm not going to say this was going to be Aiden's pri- uh, like breakout meet because Midwest primetime, you know, this is, this is the kind of yeah. media thing and powerlifting that was his breakout meet. Like, he went 9-for-9. Nine nine. He was the best lifter of the weekend. Minus, you know, it doesn't matter if you win best overall lifter. He was the lifter of the weekend. And, yeah, he's only going to progress from there. But Alex Lucko, Lucky Luciano, he murdered it. He did so damn well at this meet. He's so fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, like, I I knew about the, the beltless lifting. But then to see him also um, self-lift off yeah. on bench – no raps. I'm just like, dude, like this guy's just having fun out there. Like, and he, he's not the the type of lifter to get like really amped up or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, he goes out there and hits the weight and he does it really casually. Yeah. And th- this guy's hitting huge numbers, beltless, man. Oh yeah. Like, so he, he ended up with the, yeah. So he took a, Deadlift American record, six sixty two is three hundred point five, right? Um, Bellis with more in the tank, like it. It probably moved like a, a solid second, like a yeah, second. It was, you actually have to oh, excellent! For. It was an excellent executed third attempt. It was a perfect so, meet. It was a perfect meet because he told yeah. me seven hundred kilos was the goal. Whatever he needs to get there. Um, and notice this: like a lot of these guys aren't. They're not focused on a single lift, not an all-time world record deadlift. They want to go nine for nine and get that big total because that's what they know really matters in the long run. So nine for nine, 700 kilos, he accomplished everything he needed to do to go nine for nine and break a lot of American records doing that. 
Yeah, with him adding up X, Y, Z to get that total, it was just Z was the uh, American deadlift record. Yeah. So it was just part of his game plan. Yeah. Like, imagine being that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great position to be in, like, well-deserved. Um, again, I, and I I told both of them, I, I'm I'm really excited to see where, where they go once they graduate into juniors and then kind of spend their their years there for a while yeah. so it, it's going to be ridiculous but yeah he, he was one of two i believe and he was the first one to do it like a lighter weight obviously but um there were only two him and ramiro espinoza mm-hmm. um so two nine for nines within the primetime session and he was one of them yeah so and- yeah Obviously, yeah. perfect execution. I would give him uh, the breakout performer of this as well, like much what I said about Aiden Midwest Primetime, where he was, I believe, he might have been one of two team lifters, but he obviously showed out at that meet. Alex really showed out at this meet. Looked fantastic. Nine for nine. I really can't wait to see what he does uh, going into, because I, I believe he's competing at Junior and Collegiate Nationals. I don't have a confirmation on that, but my assumption is that he will. And at 74 kilo weight class, I, I don't know who's really, uh, I would have, when we do the, uh, pre-show and the, uh, the preview for junior and collegiate nationals, cause that's shaping up to be a real stacked meet because a lot of them aren't doing yeah. raw nationals in lieu of that. Or I mean, raw nationals is going to exist open nationals slash raw nationals. Um, that he, as far as 74s go, even with the juniors, I, uh, I, I don't I don't know too many other lifters out there. I would have to do some research on that one uh, to really see the roster and what's going on. And, uh, I, I, I based on this meet, can't wait to see what he does next. Cause and especially that deadlift, like what you said with the deadlift. Me and Joe were a little worried. It seemed he was a little amped up, a little bit tense. Um, I know that's his like normal deadlift like setup and you know ritual, but it just seemed like just based on the live stream, he looked a little tense and. He absolutely murdered the deadlift. I think he hook grips all on the smooth too. It looks like he doesn't have any early on that. <laughs> I can't confirm that, right? I can, from memory, and I, I had a side view of everything, um, but um, just based off of his leverages and size, I, I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah. yeah so those are the ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, and also he does a little bit of a hybrid stance there. So I, I always yeah. am going to respect a close stance deadlift. But on to something that maybe wasn't covered in the in the pre-show that we did, and something that impressed me a lot was Ian Bell putting up these insane single ply numbers. And again, I think single ply single ply definitely doesn't get a lot of credit from. Um, the USAPL powerlifter. But if you are a powerlifter just in this sport and you can't appreciate this guy's lift, you're not a real powerlifter. You're insane. He, it was so entertaining to watch him and it was done at such a standard because occasionally with equipped lifters, you know, depth is a problem, the bench is a problem, all that stuff. And really the deadlift to a lot of lifters just isn't as impressive and all of his lifts are so incredibly entertaining and fun to watch. Uh, you know, going 392, absolutely bodying 392 on his last squat. Uh, going 265 yep. on the bench. Unfortunately, you can get that 900 uh, deadlift. But, you know, uh, um, 
over over a thousand kilo total single ply again if you guys aren't following on instagram you should and you should just really appreciate whenever this guy lifts because it's a thing of beauty yeah and and to that 390 so that was him at, he he took the record on his second with 373 mm-hmm. and I was immediately questioning how how deep he's going to go, and seeing three ninety and seeing how it moved, it it was it was lockout at the top, man. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't one of those things where like he struggled like right above the knee and he grinded it up. It was just he got stuck at the top, the very top, and so it it was. It was both amazing and rough to see because it, it was right there. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, amazing lifter to watch in person. I, I've, again, with him being here in Texas, it's I've, I've seen him at other meets. Um, I've even uh, – I was, like, spotting judging a, or spotting loading a, a meet and was on the deadlift platform form at, at one meet. And it, it's just awesome to see lifters like that, mm-hmm. like, it – so focused and kind of behind the curtain he's uh you can just see him in the zone and it's awesome it's awesome to see lifters like that and to like read how they they like tap into that that different dimension that they have to go to for these type of lifts so mm-hmm. yeah and uh, i believe the son of the legendary gene bell correct so yeah. potentially uh going to be you know inclined pressing 315 at the age of like 63 <laughs> like uh, i mean the yeah. gen- genetics are there uh right so uh yeah, yeah definitely no genetic decay <laughs> yeah yeah uh definitely really excited to you know just continue to watch it because i'm not gonna lie like that was a person i wasn't too familiar with going into the i mean i was familiar with to an extent but watching yeah. him live on the live stream I instantly became a fan and yeah, I mean, Hey, don't, don't count out, you know, single ply lifting just yet. There are some guys that really can't impress anyone. And if you're not impressed by it, you're, you're crazy. So uh, an, uh, another person I wanted to bring up here, cause we bought out on the, uh, the preview show, Gregory Johnson. Now I, Gregory Johnson is known for his deadlift. He was, you know, the deadlift specialist at one Oh five. It was very interesting to see him compete at, 93 kilos because that was the first time to our knowledge that he's competing in 93 kilos um in his career he's competing at 120 105 and now 93 and just based on what i see um from him he or from his weigh-in he weighed in at 91 kilos and based on his instagram pictures and just looking at the live stream the dude was peeled he looked Like he could just step on I mean, a bodybuilding stage. Yeah, he's he's always peeled. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I'll, I'll see him at meets. He's regularly involved at meets, um, judging uh, all that. So, uh, I've seen him. He trains at the uh, gyms that one of my lifters she'll she'll send videos, and he might be like back spotting or in the background of that, like completely jacked. But mm-hmm. especially at ninety three. So, yeah, for for numbers putting up at at ninety three, uh, that's amazing and yeah. really fun to watch. Like the the emotions are there, so it, it's it's a it's a lifter that makes it exciting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he so he opened with three forty on his deadlift. It looked like his main goal that day was just to try to take the American deadlift record. 
and that was his second attempt he was going for. Me and Joe were a little surprised. We thought that might have been his third attempt, so it looked like that was his goal that day. And uh, what I, I I was entertained just by with that lift because he got around halfway up, dropped it, and just it's a podcast so you can't appreciate the emotions he did but he just like did an incomplete pass sign shook his head he's like nope yeah. not today and just walked off the platform and uh, we're like yeah. all right so it looks like he's not giving a third attempt today and he doesn't really need to because he was ending he will end most flights that he's in on his deadlift he is an incredible incredible deadlifter but yeah i was i was curious to see how he would do in 93 and it looked like maybe that was just a test run for uh for uh if he could just break that American record, I would believe he would have two American records. If that was the case. He was trying to break Ashton Rouska's, uh, deadlift record in 93. And I think he holds the one Oh five KG, uh, national record. So it would have been pretty illustrious little deadlift career there. If you could hold multiple deadlift records in multiple weight classes. Yeah. Now, yeah. And again, I kind of mentioned that pre-show it immediately after his, actually I'll take it ahead of his opener or ahead of the meet um gage one of your favorite lifters one of your favorite 74s i know my best Um, friend yeah he he was there and um he has a habit of following me around and uh he and i both said that like we're looking at at lifting cast once all the openers were in and solidified and they're just like who who's opening 340 um because i was like wait somebody's opening over both Sean and Aiden. And I was like, Oh, okay, here we go. That's, that's Greg. And, um, yeah, that thing flew. And then again, me having the the perspective there, right by the the score table, um, he immediately walked over. The first thing he said was, uh, what's the record. And I even kind of put that over the mic of like, Hey, fun fact, because everybody was like amazed by how three forty moved. And I was like, by the way, you remember that 340 we just watched. Um, he wants to go take a record. Um, yep. This was his first question. And then I thought maybe he's going to just set himself up for it, like maybe be the third, like what you and Joe had mentioned. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was funny to see, again, lifter where it's like, that would have been great, but cool, I missed it. And maybe <laughs> I'm a little gassed from being here at 93 for the first time. Um, so, yeah. But again, great lifter, leaves all the emotions out there. No question of how he feels on things. So mm-hmm. it, it's awesome to see. Yeah, I was really looking forward to that, and it was still, you know, a really impressive deadlift. And uh, I, I don't know, I really don't know what the future is for him. Uh, Braun Nationals, one hundred five, ninety three. Who knows? Because I don't even know how the selection process works anymore, based on all the <laughs> weight class changes that people have made and uh, what they could potentially compete in and how they qualified in the first place. So. Who knows if he registers on time, if he's just deciding to register on time, what weight class he's going to compete in. But now to some other stories, some uh, maybe some uh, some things that sprung out at me and maybe some maybe fan favorite things. Um, I think if you were tuning into the Twitch stream and me and Joe's uh, commentary on Twitch as well, Lee Girth. Lee Girth stole the show. <laughs> Lee Girth. So much girth, if Lee Girth. Lee Girth. Um... I love when just a lifter you don't know just ends up stealing the show based on last name alone. And then the whole like the whole Twitch stream was like, let's fucking go, Lee Girth! <laughs> just yeah, pants of girth all over the place. It was so fun. And, you know, and uh, I, I had to shoot him a follow on Instagram after that. I didn't know that was his second meet. And uh, I don't, he has, like, a career now of just, like, 
going to meets and possibly becoming a fan favorite because everyone's just everyone loves some girth. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't know what I can say about that as you stick the cigar in your mouth. Right? <laughs> well, this is this isn't the most girthy cigar that I got, but uh, these these are these are uh, tw- twenty minute toms, as uh, I like to, as as the brand likes to call them. But okay. yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But Lee Girth, I had to mention that because we had so much fun with that on the Twitch, and seems to be a great guy, um, you know. And uh, I this is this is the fun thing about watching powerlifting streams, right? You just you go and you go and you have no idea what's going to end up on two white lights and like who's going to become a guy that you just become friends with, even or just uh, or just become a fan of, like right? Like you're yeah. watching all these lifters, yeah, because, you're like, tuning in for specific lifters, right? But then you see a guy and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. He's my best friend now. Yeah, you want to you wanna see some amazing pulls, some amazing lifts, and then, like, why not kick it back to, like, middle school locker room, you know? <laughs> like, that's a funny name. Yeah. Girth. Yeah, Girth. That's, that's what it turned into. Yeah. And then leave it to a, leave it to a Twitch stream as well, you know? <laughs> like, perfect. Perfect air. Yeah. But, you know, and uh, anybody, I mean, second. second yeah, I, I think. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Second, second meet with uh, Lee being in there. I, I actually remember him being at um, TSS, and I didn't, I didn't think he was a powerlifter. I didn't think he had a, a meet under his belt, but he competed last year, I guess. And then, uh, yeah, pulling up to to prime time, I I obviously recognized a, a lot of these names, and he wasn't one of those names that I immediately recognized. But when he stepped out on the platform, I was like, oh. I did not know he <laughs> was going to be in this primetime session. Yeah. But, so, yeah, second. Yeah, cool, cool guy for my limited interactions. Yeah, second powerlifting um, meet, end up in a primetime session. So, that's, that's always uh, that's always great to see. Um, also, um, on top of that, a, a lifter that stuck out to me as far as performance goes, and I just really enjoyed how they lifted, was Anas Anbar. Um, really great meet. And, you know, he went seven for nine. Yeah, he went seven for nine there and ended up with a two forty squat. Um, but that bench press really, because I unfortunately didn't get to see like the first attempt squats and the second attempt squats. So I don't even know why he missed the the second one. I was actually too busy looking for my mic to do the live commentary with Joe because apparently my laptop mic didn't work. But I got to see all of his bench presses, and when I saw he was open at one sixty five, I'm like, all right, seventy four kg lifter opening with one sixty five, and then when he smoked it. I was like, ooh, this dude looks like he could definitely get 400 today. And, again, second attempt looked fantastic from him as well. Looked amazing. And I say 182. There was a lot left to tank in there, too. I would have said 185 or 187 was probably his true one at max for that day. And he finished off with some solid deadlifts. Like, you know, 275 didn't fall for him, but... He Sean Noriega himself there at the top, lost balance, fell completely backwards, um, got kind of trampled by the weight. But uh, that last deadlift attempt looked great, totaled 690. And I mean, I, I don't know much about this guy. And I, now I, you know, shot him a follow on Instagram, going to track his progress because I was really impressed just with his technique and how he was lifting that day. I, so based off that, I hope it's almost considered like a breakout. Um, based off of you saying like, Hey, didn't know about him, shot him a follow, keep up with the progress. I hope more people do that. 
Um, I know of him. I don't know him personally, mm -hmm. but he trains at and is involved with uh, Progressive Overload Dallas, um, one of the few powerlifting gyms there and uh, powerlifting specific gyms there in uh, Dallas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess backtracking to Lee Girth and something you will further enjoy. Um, and, and hopefully I don't bring too much attention to this um, like negatively for him, but his, he coaches a lot of lifters and when you coach lifters, you typically brand yourself as fill in the blank training systems or fill in the blank strength systems. Mm -hmm. So a NOS strength systems tends to roll on this pack that they just call themselves team ass and <laughs> yeah. it, it, it works. Yeah. And uh, on the, on the mic, I was kind of having fun with it. Cause again, they've Dallas isn't too far away for this and, a lot of them came out to, to support him and they had other, other lifters competing. Um, so a lot of people are familiar with um, team ass and uh, a lot of great lifters on that. I've got a lot of friends that, that lift under a NOS. And um, so, yeah, on, on the mic, I was just like, Oh, this lifter is representing team. And then I actually just said a NOS strength systems, but <laughs> I, I hope that they appreciated that nod yeah. to, their, well, their peach gang you know we we talked about it on uh on the podcast we did with joe stanick when we just started going into lifter ratings or uh coach ratings mm -hmm. and we talked about culture and uh what are your unique hashtags that you use i i would say yeah. if he gets team ass uh <laughs> uh you know panned and really go again going you could rival flex boys nori boys yeah. and uh yeah. and uh what do they call tina tornado mom m-a-w-m m or some shit like you can yeah, you, you know yeah. you got to get your unique thing so if you kind of make a joke of it a team ass could turn into a thing and then you get the culture going you get some like lifters like you know what i like i like how they handle this i like how how much uh, humor they have with the the client and coach so what one thing i i love that they do as well um one of their lifters and good friend of mine jd uh, he, i i think it was him that originally came up with it um but he, he's also the best hype man in your corner out of me. Like the crowd loves him by the end of the meet, probably by the end of squat, honestly. But um, he's every meet now he posts. Um, you remember dodgeball with the global gym? They're doing like the smoke comes out and they do like the yeah the, the yeah the, 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 yeah. the snake so thing the little entrance and and so every meet they they just kind of like start one of those like Instagram story like chains or whatever you want to call it where they just tag each other and it's that's all you see for like that day on uh on their instagram so yeah. and that's literally how they roll out to me it's like it's just let's mob up let's go support each other and and that's one of the awesome parts about powerlifting so i yeah i completely agree like a lot of different coaches will have a, a culture around their team around their clients and especially when you're in person in a gym like that um, so I, I think that's a cool element of, of powerlifting and I, I hope it continues at least the positive parts of it. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I, I love seeing that. And also a uh, person in the 74 kg open division, Jeffrey Thompson and, uh, Jeffrey Thompson too. He's, he's a really interesting lifter because apparently, I don't know if this is true or not. He was going to decide whether or not he was going to do conventional or sumo the day of the meet uh he coaches yeah, one of my that, yeah. yeah he he uh he coaches one of my good client uh my good friends uh michael cole de pietro 
And uh, yeah. he was telling me, like, Mike was like, yeah, like Steve or Jeffrey, uh, Jeff doesn't know what he's going to do today, sumo or conventional. He's like, in the warm-up room, he's probably going to decide. I'm like, that's interesting. But he, too, has a massive bench. Um, I know it didn't go great for him today, but, you know, that was um that was interesting to see like 274 kg guys coincidentally just having these massive bench presses and yeah. i was curious to see if uh jeff can can get it uh to 400 that day because i know i know he's capable of it but opening 170 unfortunately missed 177 uh for his next two attempts but yeah that, that was that was entertaining in of itself and um a few other of the storylines i have to bring up um just watching live stream i think a lot of people got the kick out of this uh santiago ramirez jesus deadlifts um (laughs) fantastic lifter and i bought him up on the preview show that he had the junior deadlift record for like a second uh joshua brassard i think broke it within the same day uh that junior deadlift record i think it's set now at like seven oh something like 704 maybe 707 i don't know exactly what the chip was for both of them but um i i just love the aggressive attempt selection of missing your opener at 315 getting 315 and just shooting it to 335 on your third attempt i mean joe we're looking like what kind of attempt selection is this he is jumping a whole a whole 20 kilos on his third one and i was like you know, he let his hair down. I think he's going to nail it. And uh, and apparently through our Instagram conversations, I had to ask him what the deal was with the uh, the third deadlift there. And it was, um, his rationale was, you know, I knew I wasn't going to pull 705, so I might as well pull uh, 738. Like, all right, that's that's usually foolproof logic is... Yeah. Is, is you can't pull 705, might as well pull 738. I love Santiago. Because because of little situations like this, I love Santi. I mean, it budged, so like, there's that. Like, <laughs> so, it, but yeah, it wasn't there that day. So no. maybe next meet, he can make yeah. a twenty kilo jump and and solidify <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe doing ten kilo jumps and like hitting that opener would would help on it. But yeah, Santi's amazing. I, he obviously one of the best trolls out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, give him a follow. I, I would, give I, him a follow, I would people. argue probably the most overlooked troll um, <laughs> because he's so not, he's so nice as well. So, um, but yeah, Santi's cool. We, we got a power rank. Lifter. We got to power rank the trolls in powerlifting. That's what we got to do next on two white lights. We got to, uh, we got to power rank the trolls. Uh, I think, I think we're, cause I I don't think I'm even giving inside information here because team team FCAT was apparently present at this meet. Yeah. It is a team now, yeah. apparently. Team FCAT was apparent as me, and if you go into that chat, you're going to see some of the greatest trolls in powerlifting. So we might have to power rank the best ones, and I think it's going to be dominated by team FCAT there. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a great JoJo taking the lead. Yeah, oh yeah, JoJo JoJo will definitely take the lead. Uh, that fucking weasel, but. Are we about to say JoJo, or are you going to get canceled again because of JoJo? Oh, that's actually a good point. He's a he's a very canceled. (laughs) I mean, association with JoJo Weasel is like the most cancelable offense you could possibly have. But um, I think I think possibly two white lights can survive. (laughs) But you know, great meet all around. Uh, Awesome primetime session, and 
really, because we did it with the hybrid, let's talk about just the presentation of this meat. And I, I don't think people understand how this primetime session can be, even though we did a show on it. As more people get involved in Two White Lights and more people get involved into, you know, me and Steve, you're going to get people who just pick up on things late. And just based on the live stream, just based on what I was when I went on Instagram Live and heard what people had to say, people are just assuming that this was a planned primetime. And it wasn't. This was an organically sprung up primetime that they decided to do because they saw the lifters come in. And with that, with that information, the live stream and the presentation of this, and I already knew it was going to be a great meet. Texas strain system, the spotters and loaders there are always fantastic. They're always the best. The judges were going to be fantastic. That's not a question. But the live stream, the presentation was fantastic. The camera angle I think they used was great. Um, of course, I love seeing the Left Lab Bros label just right front and center. That made me really happy. Um, the the left, uh, you know, the, the graphics that they use, the loading charts, the fact they were showing three right lights, two red lights, two white lights. That's really key. Um, that wasn't the case with hybrid. Hybrid had a really just distracting graphic of the loading and the the attempt selection and. You know, that's that's one knock that's or that's one plus for USAPL. We got lifting cast, so it's really easy to do the live stream with yeah. lifting cast happening at the same time. And as far as presentation goes, I really enjoyed the meets. Um, I enjoyed the, uh, the, of course, the live stream chat. And with the audio, again, this was an organically bought up primetime session. The audio will be figured out. I think yeah. I've been getting messages from Texas Train Systems that. They understand what they need to do now. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, if you guys get squat to death promotions, me and El Alvarado, El Alvarado heads that down to a science. You can get the commentary hooked up. Commentary is important, people. We're getting a lot of subpar powerlifting memes posted that you know no one cares about commentary. Commentary is important because if that's the case, I know exactly what an all-time world record is. I know what the lifter's backstory is. I know some research when you get two educated yeah. commentators. That's extremely underrated. People who said they're there, there is no need for commentary. It's like, all right, you never watch sports in your life or you don't really understand what the purpose of commentary is. Um, I think they'll figure all that out. But um, and, and a meet that could c- consistently have primetime sessions. This meet is so – it usually has a good competitive pool that you can, you know, reach out and get that primetime session in. Yeah. Now, and I'll, I'll immediately go to two points and then continue our discussion on kind of how everything went with the meet specifically. But I can guarantee that Texas Strength Systems and Wes Sunker, who owns, runs Texas Strength Systems, he constantly looks for ways to improve. Mm-hmm. Even between day one and day two, within the kind of waiting area, he has a little hallway where um, he has chairs set up. He has a monitor set up for lifting cast. He has multiple monitors in the, in the warm-up rooms. Um, so it's very easy, very useful for both lifters and, and coaches, handlers. Um, but he mentioned to me on Sunday session, like morning session, hey, Kyle, like I, I think it'd be cool if I can like hardwire like the live stream feed back here. So not only can we live stream it to whoever wants to watch, but we can show it, and if I hardwire it, it won't have that delay where we're, like, uploading essentially, like, cloud, whatever, I don't know, science, and there's a delay. 
So 10 minutes passes. I'm going back and forth from warm-up room to platform. And then I see him kind of messing with some some chords. And then sure enough, like not even 20 minutes later, it's already up. Yeah. So it, it's it's he didn't wait until the next meet. He did it immediately because he already has another platform manager, like, and then he assists with platform management and meet expedition, all that. But he's going around making sure like the high level things are taken care of um, and testing out things for the next time they do a prime time or the next. And so that's where, again, organically, right? Like, cool. Now we're going to have a live stream for the prime time that we just decided based off of like the essentially market need and the roster that was coming in. Um, but then the live stream was only going to be for prime time, but it actually turned out they ran it for mm-hmm. the entire weekend. And that's awesome for everybody because then it's not just like, Oh, like I'm not strong enough to be like for mom and dad to watch me at home. Like everybody got to be like, Hey, yeah. link in bio. Like yeah. if you wanted to watch me compete, like this is what I do. This is powerlifting. And to your point as well, that's where an educated, a, the same way we've got, like, you talk about a, a football player and their football IQ, the same way you can talk about a powerlifter and their, like, powerlifting IQ. Mm-hmm. There's some people that just show up on meet day, have some fun with friends at, like, local level, and then there's people like you that just, I will always say this about you, I don't care how many times I say it, like, you're that dude at the end <laughs> of the bar that like has all the unnecessary facts about like not your favorite sports team um, from whatever year, <laughs> like <laughs> just unnecessary trivia. Like it's, it's not trivia, dude, relax. Um, but it's cause you care. And that's the type of person that you want to promote your sport. If yeah. you want your sport to be recognized as a sport. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I completely agree with the right people being in the right places to to make the live streams more entertaining for people, not just the people that care and compete in the sport, but the person that doesn't know what a squat is. Yeah. Um, So, but then, yeah, so that's a long winded way to get to my second point of CB Leflar is amazing. And I can even say Davion setting up the, the camera Davion works at basically makes Texas strength systems move and operate um, he was setting up the camera angles and he was like, yeah, I, I want to make sure that, um, we get the left bar bros, like logo in there, like great job sponsoring, um, that meet, helping out with that meet. And it, it's awesome to see at the local level, like, it's not just, Hey, I honestly, I don't know the details of the sponsorship, so I can't really speak to that and don't need to, but it, it's say there was money involved then it's like, let's make sure that left floor gets their money worth. Oh, yeah. So I, I think that's important as well. It's not just like, hey, let's sponsor this event, but the meet director, like meet director, not just looking for sponsors, but making sure that some the sponsor actually benefits from it yeah. as well. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, awesome job by left floor brothers with that. So oh, yeah, for sure. And we, we bought it up, but you know, during the, the preview, like when they announced primetime, Leflar was there immediately to sponsor them, and that's what happens. Yeah. When you have that prime time, more people are interested, and you're going to get more sponsors in like of that too. And 
really, I think, again, you're going to see this trend, and I'm so happy that we're seeing it, and especially Steve Denovi, because this is really a lot of his like brainchild, is something like this. Yeah. And you're going to see more primetime level meets happen, and they're going to use this as evidence. And people, you know, still on Two White Lights, like, hey, I would like to see a little bit more flair. It's like, okay, that's going to come. This is, remember, this is technically the second USAPL primetime level meet that isn't Raw Nationals and the Arnold. Yeah. And Arnold is, I would... You know, that's that's a bit of a different situation. But this is the first time it is in a local meet happening, and then the prime time is in a different session. And I think all that stuff will be worked out eventually when more people so really start to plan for prime time. Like the Carolina prime time, if you guys follow them, and also make sure you are following them because they're they're doing great things and they're updating like what they want to do. And they, you know, I could imagine that being a really entertaining meet. Um, they're already inquiring about, you know, commentary, music and all that stuff. And I think more of this is going to spring up and people are going to get more creative as they go, uh, with it. And I think again, but because this is associated with a live or a, a local level meet, it's, it's good for everyone. It's good for everyone because then you get the local level guys like motivated to compete more or the, the you know, not in the prime time session, but having fun because they know it's more important, more people are tuning into the live stream. Like, I was tuning into the regular session because I knew that the live stream was happening because so many announcements were happening. It's like, all right, let's check out what's going on in this live stream. And then you have, then you, you could have your friends and family watch at home and be like, hey, it feels like I'm watching a professional sport right now. And that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool thing. And it, also, it, it makes powerlifting more valuable. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, you know, maybe powerlifters have to no longer be self-deprecating all the time. Yeah. Maybe they could well, get some pride it, it, in the powerlifting. Maybe, maybe we would be understood. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's what that's what people want. No, but it it's true. Like it, that's that gives context to why we potentially spend three hours or whatever in the gym, multiple days a week, <laughs> right? Because yeah. um, a lot of people call us crazy, and maybe we are. Most of us are, I guess, but. Um, yeah, I think it provides context to why we love it because people get to see amazing lifts happen. Um, and even if they can't differentiate between like, oh, that's like 700 versus 800 or like this is why this lift is impressive. They just know it's impressive. And that's honestly what matters mm-hmm. at that level. But yeah, I, I think to your point of the local level primetime meets driving more engagement both like as motivation to local level lifters of let me work for this invite that won't cost me an arm and a leg to fly across the nation and do all that like you have more chances at a big meet and it's in your backyard potentially yeah um but even with outside of that context of competition again being there in person seeing the people coming through a lot of people even flew in just to spectate or they flew in to handle. So it's like, like just their friends. So it, it was one of those things where it gave me that raw nationals vibe where it's like, you're seeing all these people that you follow. Maybe you comment on their posts, maybe you DM back and forth. Like it gave me that vibe where it's that national level meet and that, that feel of like essentially becoming a, a, a mecca, uh, a like huge conference of like all these powerlifters and top powerlifters. So it, it was awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, I guess another, sorry, to, it's kind of circling back, but another point I want to make sure to not leave out, TSS, Texture Strength Systems, they did order lights. So they, they did have more production value that they already committed to, but it just fell through on shipping. So yeah. um, Dave, Dave was telling me about that. Wes was telling me about that. So um, essentially the lights that they ordered didn't make it in time. But again, another investment investment that they made to bring the production value up. And for, for more context, I guess, um, Wes runs Texas. He runs the majority of meets in Texas. He even does some meets in Louisiana. And um, I coach the, the team at um, Oklahoma University. Um, so the OU team competes in a lot of Wes, Wes's meets, whether we drive down to the border of Texas, Oklahoma, or if uh, it's the USAPL. USAPL is making a comeback within Oklahoma right now. Um, so all the sanctioned meets there, um, there's a state chair, um, Corey Barrows, I think I'm saying his last name right. Um, but Wes, Wes comes up, makes the drive up typically with Caleb as well to, uh, help run those meets, um, until Corey gets more of a, like his footing and the infrastructure and everything set up. So, For sure. um, um, and then he does high school meets. So he yeah. has the experience, he has the resources, he has the best spotters loaders cause UTSA is known for their spotting and loading because the they have so many meets. The best spotting so, and loading crew in the game, UTSA. I love those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be awesome to see. And I know Wes will, Wes will be more inclined. I, I kind of pitched to him and Caleb that um, in December, they always host a collegiate cup in Texas open. It's a two day meet. The collegiate lifters can yeah. keep on day one. And then day two is the open. And um, I, I was kind of pitching the idea of having that because that's when uh, Jesus was competing as well. Um, so Megatron, if yeah. y'all follow him, um, that's when he was competing. So I was like, look, y'all y'all kind of have the roster to support it. And if you announce it, you'll get even more people signed up coming into it. And then it's like in this void, in this vacuum of meets, um, you're you're gonna get a lot of eyeballs. Yeah. And that that's essentially what happened this time. And so they, they didn't take the bait last time, but uh and I think that was actually the first time that I reached out to Steve and talked to Steve was after he'd done Midwest and I was like he even posted on his story about it. I may have reached out before he posted that of like, hey, if y'all this was highly successful for me, uh I think other meat directors should do it. Um, and that, and that's basically what I was pitching over to Wes. I was like, look, this is what happened and this is what y'all can do. Um, so I, I think Wes will do it and I hope he does. I'm, I'm sure he's, I haven't, I'll, I'll talk to him again after this weekend and kind of get his thoughts and everything. But I, I know he knows it was a successful weekend. And, um, what, what's cool about Texas is we have the, we have the beast down here. Like we have, and it's growing. More people are coming to Texas right now. More powerlifters, like top level powerlifters, are coming to Texas. Um, yourself included, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> one of these we, days, that's we, for sure. Yeah, one eventually. So um, eventually, we're gonna have one of the best eighty threes. Um, we are. We are. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You guys don't top. have you guys don't have any good eighty threes in Texas, right? <laughs> 
like I would be <laughs> not, probably not the best it... 83 in Texas. I don't know. I, unless yeah. there's another guy out there. <laughs> none of none hey, of all right, all right. Are, yeah. well, are competing. And, and really, if we get down to it, who cares about number one? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. You might if, not know what I'm doing with that. Yeah, you know. If you're not, not no, who gives a shit about uh, anyone below three, right? <laughs> you're not really that important. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, all right. I love no, you, Russ. I don't want to lose fans because I know a lot of your fans listen. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to get canceled by Russ fanboys. I I, I don't want to get canceled. Get, get better today. Com. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I don't. I don't want to get canceled again this week. Let's just let's leave it to one cancellations a month. Okay. Go one a, a month. Go get a day pass, guys. Corruptedstrength.com. Hey, sure hey, hold on, hold on. Relax. You're not sponsored gym. by Two White Lights. You gotta. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't give. We don't give free ad rates on Two White Lights. You gotta be sponsored by us. All right. <laughs> He but, can do it if yeah, he comes on the show, but again, but he's like, I got to ease off because he has been on the show twice. He actually has been fantastic to us, so. But, nah, he, he's a good sport. No, he's awesome. Like that, I feel like he, he posted a recent, um, like, promo video with the, like, champions line or yeah, the o- that he's coming out with. The oversized suits. And, uh, yeah, oversized suits, and I just, like, pulled the... I immediately just thought of uh, Kanye and Little Pump in their little like oversized suits, um, and I posted that and tagged him, and he he was laughing and reposted that. So I think he's a pretty good sport. No, he's he's cool. Like he, he has a good sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, more more of the story. We we've got some animals down here in uh, Texas. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think we have the depth to support meets like that, like prime time sessions like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think Texas is definitely going to be a destination for it, and I think it's just growing. I think uh, I I've seen a little something too. The the lab gym is doing something that's kind of primetime esque uh, down in St. Louis. So it's it's going to start pe- more people. I mean, Steve Denovi said it before. Great addition to Two White Lights because you get actually to hear his ideas every single week, and he's a guy with great ideas, and he's part of the younger. I mean. I don't think he would consider himself young, but he's part of the younger crowd in USAPL and drug tested lifting. He understands what to do. He has a good business mind and he's creative with the thoughts. And he is, he is interacting with the lifters uh, who are in the younger demographic, which I think for a while has been not really happening. And I think now, you know, that's such a great addition to have on two white lights uh, for my sake and his sake, because now more, I mean, Again, don't want to pat myself on the back too much here, but Carolina primetime happened because the guy's a huge fan of Two White Lights. The guy who's running that meet, you know, he trained at Surge for a little bit when he was in Illinois, and he immediately said, he's like, man, I really want to run a primetime meet. Boom. In a year, uh, less than a year later, he's running a primetime meet. Like, he's he's doing he – took, he took the bull by the horns and did it, and that was because, uh, you know, he really – he respected what Steve did with Midwest primetime, thought it was a genius idea. He's running with it, I, yeah. you know, and – People in Texas, I know they're passionate about powerlifting. They want to get more people onto powerlifting, more eyes on the sport, and this is the best way to do it. So I'm really excited to see the developments in that, and I think Texas Strength Systems nailed it with Texas Strength Classic. We need more powerlifting meets, also, just to entertain us, to to you know give us the give us some entertainment on the way from nationals to the Arnold or Arnold to Worlds or Worlds to nationals again. It's always like just this lull in in powerlifting content and powerlifting entertainment, which is, which does matter. People think that like, oh, it doesn't matter. You, what you guys want, 
You guys just want more publicity? Yes, this is what we want, more publicity. I'm gonna tell you point blank. We want more success, we want more publicity. Yeah. That's good for the sport. Um, you're, you're not a bad person, you're not conceited if you want more people to view your sport. I want people to know that. Like, it's not, it's not, a, it's not out of a, a, a selfish thing. It's not out of ignorance. Yeah. It's, it's out of, a, or it's not out of arrogance. It's good for the sport if more people watch the sport, more people get involved. The reason why we are talking today is because powerlifting got popular. There was a huge spike in powerlifting in 2015. That's why we're here. We want those spikes to continue. We we can't afford a huge plummet in powerlifting because we're not the NFL that could just go back up again. (laughs) Like we need to have powerlifting continue that main uh, that continue that uh, mainstream success that it could have. Doesn't have it yet, but. I think a lot of that success that you're talking about, like this, the spikes or the upwards trend, it, it's happened naturally because of social media. Yeah. And so there's been a, a lot of like the, the old school lifters where they're like, Oh, like all y'all do is lift for Instagram, which yes, to a degree, there's a, a good percentage of lifters that do that. And yes, there's negative outcomes from that. Um, like overshooting or like chasing the cloud, all that. Um, yeah. But at the same at the same time, it's it's promoted the sport in a natural way, and I agree with what you're getting at. I I don't agree with getting on ESPN. Um, potentially hot take. It's just let's be real. It's not going to happen. And yeah, what's well, more yeah, like, extent, what's, no. what's more likely to happen is let's create prime time. Let's take our resources that we do have access to and control over we don't need espn we need someone to step up and be espn right and i i know people making that a thing they have that in the in the works and and so the more that people get behind that and control the media that we can actually produce the better and then oh once we do that for a couple years then maybe espn is on the table yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe it's too, maybe people call that pessimistic or I'm not, no, I, I mean, enough, but it's just, let's it's, be real. It's no, yeah, it's, it's realistic. That's what I mean. Kind of so occasionally pessimism and like just being realistic can be, uh, there's, there's a fine yeah. line between the two. Um, and I, I even suggested that when I had Russ and Sean on the show, like maybe ESPN's too inside the box. Maybe we got to think outside the box. And like I said, you know, when uh, I think I believe I said this with Garrett and Noriega, like right now, do we really trust USAPL to make the right moves to go on ESPN? I I don't, and I'm I'm not even like not even saying like they should have the resources to. It's it's me, you know. I guess that's me really being an armchair organizational leader. Like I, that's fucking hard. I understand how hard and how expensive it is getting on ESPN, but. No, we got to take our baby yeah. steps, and I think you know we we we're making progress in that, which is good. But um, yeah, I know you're dedicated to it. I'm dedicated to it as well. Hopefully, a partnership soon can happen, <laughs> and uh, get yeah. both of us yeah, kind we'll of uh, shitting ideas off. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens <laughs> if if something's in the works or already in the works or what yeah. we can announce soon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. And uh, also, before before I let you go, because I know you got some plans with uh, Gage, Carry Onward, Wade, Son, and uh, Edward 
whatever the fuck his last yeah. name is. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a whole crew. It's a whole crew. With yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you and uh, you and some FCAT members are going to be out to. Uh, <laughs> I I know that um you know you got yourself a gym as well, and uh, you just opened one up in Houston. So if you want if you want to plug yeah. yourself here, now's the chance, my man. Oh, perfect. Yeah, the whole reason I'm here. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're it's a it's a grand reopening that we're having. I don't expect people to fly out or really care. But yes, I, I do own a gym with another amazing person that I don't know if it's weird to say, but like we're just close like that. Like I guess it's like a bromance, but Waleed, I love yeah. that dude. He's a he's a hard worker. He's an amazing coach. He actually is going to be dropping some amazing news tomorrow as well. So I'm really nice. excited for him. Yeah, Waleed's um, a great guy, so I can't wait to see that. Yeah, um, and uh, so yeah, we we have a gym. Um, we both coach. And we have another coaching intern that hopefully by the end of summer, um, this coaching intern will kind of complete everything that he needs to do to become a full-fledged coach and get our, our last name that we share, the underscore Project Strength. And then uh, we have two staff members. And, yeah, I mean, we've been doing it since 2017. Um, so relatively young in the, the big, uh, big picture of powerlifting, I guess. Yeah. So, but new kids on the block still a little bit, I guess. And, uh, we love doing it. We love giving back to the sport. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the months and years to come on it. Um, we, we do specialize in more of like the, the raw USAPL lifting. I do coach some USPA lifters. Um, but most of those lifters compete test division. I I don't want to get outside of my area of expertise. I don't use anything myself. Um, I don't know how to coach program that. So I, mm-hmm. again, just kind of stick to, to what I know and what I, what I want to promote. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just being kind of the, the best you can be drug free. So yeah, we, we work with a lot of people in Houston, but we coach lifters across the nation. Uh, I've got one lifter over in Estonia right now. Um, so it, it's an amazing time. So yeah, the yeah, projectstrength.com or the Project Strength on Instagram. I'm Kyle underscore Project Strength. Um, not my last name, but what I go by. And, yeah, that's the plug, I guess. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, make sure you guys are following uh, Project Strength on Instagram. Make sure you're following Kyle Project Strength as well. Um, you know, we get that coaching blowing up, then you're going to get a football comparison soon. So, you know, that, <laughs> and that's what really matters is the football comparison. And speaking of Waleed and yourself, uh, it was a pleasure kicking both of your asses in fantasy football this year. So, oh man, um, yeah, I I beat you in like week two. You or beat three. me twice. I was oh no, you were two and zero oh when it didn't count. But when the playoffs yeah. rolled around, the Washington Foreskins, we we not not just that, but I posted about it like yeah. th- my lead, a screenshot of my lead in playoffs, and then I I jinxed it. So like, yeah. bad on me. But and why, yeah, and while we didn't even make it because, because the Steelers defense, yeah, like I had the Steelers defense, which beginning of this season, cool, we're amazing, <laughs> but like they helped out. But then I, I should have tried to pick up another D or you something. You could, you could have, yeah, you could say that the Steelers defense, but it was excellent coaching from the Washington Foreskins. <laughs> we had, we had, we had, we had a great game plan. We came in there, we de- did what we needed to do to win. I got in the camp. We won't talk about the championship because it was a miracle that we got there. It was a it was a building season for us, and we got to the big game, and that was we're ahead of schedule. 
we're ahead of schedule with while the blocking and foreskins are going and you know same thing with uh you know sport expert Waleed he didn't get in the championship either and I outplaced him as well I ranked him and you know it's it was you know I I respect you guys as competitors but let's be real blocking and foreskins <laughs> were better than both Kyle Project Strength and Waleed so 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 the fantasy ranking yeah you got it yeah but, um yeah eventually eventually project strength will earn that that coaching ranking on the esteemed two two white lights or two white lights website wherever y'all put that yeah um and then i i, I think it's a building year for the fantasy team so i'm not gonna go out there and say like dm angelo or i and like try to get an invite um because it is an amazing league but uh, I, I think we can add some people, and I definitely already told Steve that it's it's fun going back and forth with you, at least when I win. <laughs> so yeah, so losing there at the end not so fun. But yeah. he agreed. If there's ever a chance to beat a sports fanatic like yourself, that would be amazing to hold that over you. Yeah, it is. No, even, and, and, even if we don't care as much, that's all we care yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you, yeah, part of the group chat was me kind of losing my mind on most things and getting into, you know, hours long debates with Waleed about uh, Baker Mayfield and Mitch Trubisky and uh, amongst other things. And, and just peppering in that Derek Dieter is overrated. I love doing that to New York sports fans. Above all, is just peppering in that Derek Dieter is overrated. And uh, I, I, I cannot even believe that. It's like me. It's me. Trash, it's like me trashing Whataburger for Texas. Like I never even had Whataburger, but it's very fun for me to make fun of it and see people get I, mad. And yeah. Waleed is a I, and, and all New York and all New York Yankee fans get triggered when you bring up Derek Heater. So that's always fun. Yeah, and to be clear, so that y'all don't judge me negatively, and this is something I, I do want to disclaim: I'm not the Yankees fan. It's Waleed. Yeah, it's Waleed. And. Uh, respectfully fuck you on the Whataburger thing that that <laughs> post I was or I was I've never wanted to it's so funny because so you know you know I've never like, had Whataburger ah. you, you know like that's no, the point I, you want to you know I never had it I assumed I assumed you had it and oh, then no. you posted that oh. like the next day or something mm-hmm. and I was like yeah it makes sense and that's why I <laughs> I don't care because this dude that's a, I agree with your I agree with your anime stance um not not completely. I think it's like cool, whatever, different strokes. But um, uh, yeah, I was just like, he's just trying to like stir shit up. Like he's just stirring the pot right now. And I was glad that other Texans took yeah took yeah. matters into their own hands and blew up your DMs probably. Yeah, that was a whole goal. So. I I mean, I I embraced the heel persona. I obviously am no stranger to getting hateful DMs. So uh, like uh, I'm, I'm I'm cool with it at this point. Now it's. Now it's almost uh now it's almost a hobby of me. I do a lot of rec- recreation. So, but I'll let you get to it. I'll let you. I, you probably are gonna enjoy some Whataburger tonight with uh, the Texas boys because <laughs> you know why? Why wouldn't you, right? I mean, cheeseburgers. You guys, you guys do you, fast food apparently much better. <laughs> you've never, you've never grown up just going with your friends late night after a lot of gaming or whatever else you do late night in high school. And uh, going through a, a drive-through and getting a honey butter chicken biscuit 
Yeah, so I, guess not. I forgive you for not having that experience, and I guess like, not. We, I could have been we, speaking we, we got our, to you just now. Yeah, we got our we got our Portillos in uh, in Illinois, but our Portillo like I, I did. Yeah, it's not exactly the same thing as Whataburger. I know it's like a fast food joint that's open all night, and you know you, it's a of perfect. Course, of course, it sounds Italian. I already don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, it's, it's a, I think it's I, a fast I, food. actually I think I went there when I was in Fairmont. So, yeah, it, I mean. Uh, no, no, it's the same thing. It's the same. Portillo's is your Whataburger, essentially. It's like, yeah. or like, uh, it's like an In-N-Out burger. It's like the Midwest In-N-Out burger. It's good. Is it the best thing you're ever going to have in your life? Absolutely not. And I'm from Chicago, and I'm saying that. Like, that's that could get you, that could get you shot in certain places if you say Portillo's is whatever. Like, yeah, it's good. You yeah. know, if you had it before, it's whatever. Uh, the cheeseburger's good. The Italian beefs are good. But, you know, I could eat a ton of other things and be totally happy with my night. But... <laughs> I just I love being a curmudgeon about things, but all right, man. I'm gonna let you get to it again. Yeah. Remember, file uh, follow Kyle Project Strength. File follow the Project Strength, and if you're in Texas, make sure you are visiting their gym. I know when I'm in Texas, I'm definitely gonna be there. So, peace out, man. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Hopefully, we have a certain overlooked, underrated 74 kg lifter on the show <laughs> on Thursday. On Thursday, I don't know if you guys know who it is, but we might have him on. We were supposed to have him on today, but we had a little scheduling conflict. But look forward to that on Thursday. Peace.